Hello, Nath. How you doing? All right, bye. I'm all right, mate. How are you, bruv? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. I've got to stop saying it like that, because when I listen back, I cringe to myself. So, <laughs> We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week, it's episode 30. Fucking Jesus. A nice, rotund, round number. 30. A milestone. Hell of a number, 30, isn't it? N- not bad going, mate, is it? Another 20 and it'll be 50. You do the math. You don't need to. Just told you it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you did. But, I mean, if we'd done another 70, that'd be 100. It would be, yeah. If we'd done another, if we'd done another three, it'd be 33. Mm. So, this week, Nafe, it's my choice. It is your it? choice, Trev. And, oh, didn't you pull out a doozy? I thought Nafe's going to love this. <laughs> Nate's going to enjoy this one. Was I right? Is that what you thought? Is that honestly what you thought? Yeah? <laughs> I um, This is a film that I, I've i wanted to talk about. This is a, half the reason. When I watched this film the first time, I was like, I want to do a podcast to talk about this film. Oh, good. Well, it just so happens, Trev, that we actually uh, we, we make a weekly podcast about films. So now would be the ideal time to use that platform to your advantage. Exactly, yeah. So this week we are talking about Midsummer, which is the 2019 folk horror directed by, written and directed by Ari Aster. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, The Wicker Man, isn't it? The modern day Wicker Man, really, isn't it? It's something, all right. Have you ever seen The Wicker Man? I haven't actually seen it. That's what it gets compared to, but it's it works on a lot of different levels than that. The only thing is this is a horror film without jump scares, without dark and shadows. All of the horror really takes place in dazzling sunshine, it? Doesn't it does a bit, yeah. But uh, we'll talk about Midsummer a little bit later, Nafe, because at this point in the evening, I always like to ask you a question, don't I? You do like to ask me a question? Nathan? Yes, have you watched anything this week? Any films? I watched two films. Both of them are films that I've seen before. I think they just... Um, the reason I watched them, really, is they were the first ones that came up on Trending or something on Netflix. Okay. One of them was a rom-com, and the other one was Creed, the uh, first uh, in yeah. the, the new Rocky, Rocky Creed films. From- yeah, I've not seen any of them. Is it good? I quite enjoyed Creed. Yeah. If I'm honest with you, I thought, and I've seen Creed 2 as well. And I actually, I didn't think either of them were bad films. In the second one, Dolph Lundgren's in it and he plays Ivan Drago. And I think he's training his son and his son takes on um, Apollo Creed's son. Ah, oh, he killed Apollo Creed, didn't he? Yeah, this is it. Ivan Drago killed Apollo Creed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought both the Creed films, if you're a fan of the Rocky films, they don't, they don't take away from the Rocky films and they've got that classic sort of Rocky feel to them as well, you know? And is Stallone in them then? Is he training Creed? Is that how it's going these days? Yeah, or? yeah. Basically, that's what it is. So Rocky Balboa is um, Creed's... What's his name? Adonis. Adonis Creed's corner man, if you like, his coach. And what was the rom-com then? What was the rom-com it, you watched? It was... Is it... Yeah, Just Like Heaven, is it? Reese Witherspoon, Mark Ruffalo. I because Mark Ruffalo is in it. I quite like Mark Ruff, Mark Ruffalo. He's quite young though. Yeah, she's in a coma, um, and she her spirit finds like pesters Mark Ruffalo, and they go on an adventure together to try and get her body, her spirit back to her body or something. Uh, it's a bit like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but from a different angle. Is it? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. From a more easy to understand direction. I've actually bought a book this week. I haven't started reading it yet, but it's called Ant Kind. And it's written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right, okay. It just sounded quite good, and it's his first book. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to read that. So I've bought that. I haven't actually watched any films. I've watched a lot of Star Trek. I'm watching Star Trek films at the moment. Right. Um, I've never seen any of the original films. They was in my list of films that I own that I haven't watched yet. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start just watching them. I might do a special episode of the films I own but haven't watched yet. All about the Star Trek and just go through sort of the Star Trek movies. So that's what I'm doing. Okay. I've watched one and two so far have you watched wrath of khan i've watched the wrath of khan yeah which is which is everyone says is the best of the star trek films so the first one was a bit dull but i'll, I'll mention this another time oh but apart from that nafe i haven't really watched many films well you've been busy though and you had stuff on oh i have been busy and uh, we've been away we've been on holiday so i'm allowed a holiday i haven't had one for two years all right <laughs> no criticisms here bruv no good good um so the last film that went live at the point of this discussion yeah. was, um, can you remember, Castaway? Castaway, yes, it was. Which was your choice. Uh, very popular episode, Nafe. A lot of people really, uh, not just downloaded it, but a lot of people have commented across social media as well. So would you like to hear some uh, some of the comments? I definitely would, mate, yeah. Okay. I'm going to read some now. Oh, why, don't, why don't you read some now? All right, I just said I'm going to do that. Alan Day said, I look forward to you guys critiquing the extensive cast. <laughs> Just Tom Hanks and a volleyball. That's what you said at the beginning, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia Fairday said, excellent movie. Tom Hanks, my all-time favourite actor. Brilliant podcast. Enjoyed all the insights. That storm and first shelter he built reminds me of my first cheap tent in a rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Chris Benton said, Wilson was the star. And... Bjorglein Galison Galassen said, excellent, with a big smiley face. But then over on the YouTube, I always share it to our Summit Enough and YouTube page as well. And Craig Webster said, another great episode, thank you. Dean Wood said, I think one of his best films. It's long, but I can easily sit and watch it many times. Yeah. Dean from Life on the Rock said, my absolute favourite film ever. Laurie Smith said, a film of very few words makes you wonder what life would be like with no one around and survival of the mind and body. Keith Chapman, awesome film. Have you guys got any superhero films on your list? If not, I'd re- recommend reviewing Kick-Ass or something a bit different like Super. You ever seen Kick-Ass? I have seen Kick-Ass. I think if I was going to review a superhero film other than Supergirl 1984, I think I'd go for Watchmen. Have you seen that? Oh, a long time ago. I own it. Um, I probably haven't watched it for 10 or so years. It's a fucking really good alternative superhero film, I think. Yeah, quite dark, isn't it? Yeah, really dark. Um, and then the last comment is Frewster said, Wilson! <laughs> Brilliant. So that that was the feedback on uh, Castaway Knife. So yeah, good one. Lots of buzz around Yeah, that. no, man. It's a good film though, wasn't it? Like, you know, it is. It was a good film. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a feel-good film as well in the end. I think it leaves you feeling good about yourself, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So, before we get on to Midsummer, which we've mentioned is a horror, yep. I thought I'd get a little bit of conversation going up about horror films, just to get people anticipating the topic. Yep. So, over on the Facebook group again, I said, 
Let's hear your best and worst horror movie choices in the comments below. So, Nath, let's hear your best and worst horror movie choices before we get into everyone else's. My best best and worst horror movie choices. Right. I've seen some of the Saw films. Yeah. Didn't like those. No. I've seen Wolf Creek. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of those. I've seen House of Wax. Yeah. Didn't really like that much. Nah, see, these... They sound a bit, not my sort of horror, if I'm honest. I love a horror film like this that you go away and for days after you're thinking about the implications of certain things and, yeah, yeah, you know, what's happening. The story still resonates, you know, whereas a jump scary film, I just go out thinking, like, oh yeah, I jumped in all the right places and the music was haunting and yeah 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 <laughs> leading up to the point like hostile and that i just i oh, just like some of it is like it's we're going for gore some of it we're going for just like really creepy murders and it's just like if it's going to be a horror film that i'm going to appreciate like midsummer is definitely one of the ways to go where you're going to get sort of a, a a good feel from me about it as a horror film but Mm. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't really have like a favorite horror film. It's not my genre at all. Like you know what I mean. You don't like your horrors, do you? No. No, but see, I used to be the same. I didn't like horror films, but I don't. I hate. I don't like gore films. I can't get into a gore film. Yeah, I've never watched the Saws. One of the I've got Saw one in my list of films to watch, so I will get through it at some point. But it's not nothing I ever think. Oh, I really want to see that. You know? yeah yeah but i love films like this and rosemary's baby is one of my favorites i mean uh the exorcist is a good one obviously a classic but i think i've watched the exorcist with you actually you might have done yeah i think also um you know we can't forget the fly i mean i actually really enjoyed watching the fly yeah yeah that's a good body horror yeah yeah i was thinking this was our first horror but it's not is it? it's a second i think the problem is is there's a lot of modern horror which is just like gore and shock horror that has sort of put me off the genre i think that's possibly what the problem is yeah and you know when you like see titles and uh people talk to you about films that are called things like i don't know human centipede <laughs> that really sort of put me off the idea of going and watching horror films so I think maybe it's not that I don't like horror films. Maybe it's just I'm not giving the right type of horror film a chance. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But yeah, I'm I'm very like that with horror films. I'm picky about what I watch. I haven't like, watched a lot of the slasher films. But should we get into some of the uh, audience's comments? Oh, let's have a bit of audience participation. Let's see what their best and worst are. Uh, Elliot Lewis, first of all, says best Silent Hill and worst Silent Hill Revelation. Awful film. Not seen either of them. Is that based on a game? That sounds like it's based on a yeah. I think on a PlayStation game or I something. Think Silent Hill is a PlayStation game, isn't it? Crystal Rocks says best film: The Thing or American Wolf in London. Worst film: Night of the Demon. Not seen Night of the Demon, but I've seen The Thing and American Wolf in London. I mean, American Wolf in London is a classic. Yeah, I have it? seen that. I did enjoy that. Is um is the thing? Is that Kurt Russell? Is that um in the ice? That's right. It's when up in. In the, yeah, in the... Uh, Arctic or whatever. Yeah. I have seen that. I did... The mutating... Yeah, I did quite enjoy that, but there's a bit in it where dogs die. I'd never enjoy any film where dogs die. 
No. So <laughs> there is, yeah. It's quite a mute, a gross death as well, isn't it? If I remember. Yeah. Literally, I was just going to mention Alien Three, and I remember the, where that went because a dog dies in that as well, doesn't it? Which kind of like yeah. tainted that film for me. Well, because the alien takes shape of the dog, doesn't it? In that. Uh, no, sort of runs on all fours like the dog, doesn't it? Right. Okay. Because the f- yeah, 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 and then um, but Alien was was probably you know a good horror film for me. Yeah, yeah, there are some good ones out there. Sci-fi horror. Um, Gwen Capra says The Exorcist. Good. Yeah. Terrible. The Dead Don't Die. I nearly died of boredom watching it. Neither funny or scary. I've not heard of that. Dead Don't Die. Uh, Kristen Mitchell says the best, the shining, the worst, and the weirdest teeth. Is that the one where the woman's got teeth in her vagina? Is that, that or am I just imagining that? <laughs> I got a feeling it is. That's that can't be a thing. I think it is. That can't be a thing. I think it is. Oh my god, I, I don't want to see that film. <laughs> um, and Chris Benton says the thing as well so the thing got two votes there uh then rob jones goes on and says about 20 years ago my flatmate invited me to join her watching a movie i sat in the armchair she on the sofa with a blanket what's the movie i asked some japanese thing about uh, uh, that a workmate had lent her about cursed videos or something about half an hour into the film i look over at my flatmate to see if she's covered up by the blanket with only a tiny gap to see out of are you okay? I asked before realising I was also sat with my knees pulled up to my chest, sweating like a naughty boy. The movie culminated in the scariest shit I have ever seen. Not jumps or blood and guts, but sheer unbridled terror as I could feel my friend shaking uncontrollably in my arms and I was ready to leave her to it and get as far from the telly as possible. That was the most scared I've ever been. The movie was The Ring. And now you may also know the Hollywood remake, The Ring, but I never watched it. I'm not going anywhere near that shit ever again. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Japanese? I've seen the Hollywood remake of The Ring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I've watched the Japanese version. I think it's called Ringu or something, isn't it? Right. But I loved it because the, the video they find, it's like you're trying to decipher what it is and it's like real pirate copy, a really obscure, bad quality. Yeah. Whereas the American version, that video... It's like what well, the whole film pivots around, and it's so crystal clear you can almost make it out straight away. It's like it's recorded on Blu-ray, yeah. You know, yeah. and it just that missed something there, but it's almost shot for shot remake, really. But yeah, the ring was really good. I did enjoy that. Um, Lewis Art UK said when Harry met Sally, actually works for both best and worst. That's my brother being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Johnny Waffle said, the film that done me in was Paranormal Activity 1 and 2. Swore out loud at the cinema. Couldn't wait for it to end due to heart palpitations. Not sure of a worse one. Because I remember Paranormal Activity, before it came out, before it was released, I read, we was having a Halloween, we had loads of people around, and we looked up the worst, scariest films to watch. And we downloaded them all, and none of them scared us. And a couple of days later, I went to the cinema and there's a little article in the free magazine in the cinema where they was on about this film doing the festival circuit called Paranormal Activity yeah. being the most frightening film anyone's ever seen. Um, so I went home, found it online and downloaded it and we all got everyone around to watch it. And I honestly, yeah, shat myself watching that. Every time it went to night time, yeah. 
oh, it's just like, oh, God, you don't want it to be night. You don't want to see, you know, nothing really happens. It's just ghosts and a bit like Ghost Watch. Do you remember Ghost Watch back in the day? Uh, I don't know if I do. BBC Ghost Watch scared the shit out of everyone. A little BBC one-off thing they'd done. But that was really frightening to me. Um, and we watched it a good sort of six, seven months before the world saw it. So before all the hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. But that's uh, that's everyone's comments. Quite a lot of comments there tonight, Nath, wasn't there? It was, wasn't it? Because uh, it's time time to end now, Nath. That's all we got time for tonight. Well, I, may, I really appreciate you uh, inviting me round to discuss discuss a film. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I feel satisfied. Right, Nath. Let's do this, shall we? Midsummer. Midsummer. Cool. Where do you want to start? So, what made you choose this film, Nintrif? Oh, I just really enjoyed it when I watched it. It was the thing is, it was on at the cinema, um, and I kept driving past it and seeing this photo of this woman in a headdress. And I, from a distance, I couldn't see the sort of look on her face, and I just kept thinking, "That's oh, some fucking chick flick." That's what the poster looked like. Looks like Mamma Mia, doesn't it? Or Jane Austen, or something like that. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch that. don't want to watch that. Uh, it wasn't until I listened to Mark Kermo do a review. And I was like, that sounds fucking awesome. So I just managed to catch it before it finished at the cinema. And yeah, um, yeah from the very beginning, it's, it's haunting, isn't it? The first thing you see is actually like a mural, isn't it? Yeah. And it basically, if you looked at that mural, it gives away the entire plot. Yeah. Before the film starts, which which we are going to do, by the way, if you haven't seen it already, we are going to spoil this plot. But then the, the the mule opens up and you see like, you hear this haunting music and the, see this really beautiful shots of snowy landscapes, don't you? Snowy vista, wintry vistas. Yeah. Which you're just getting comfortable watching and then all of a sudden it's broken by a really loud telephone ring. And it's the girl, the lead character, Danny. Yep. played by Florence Pugh, phoning her sister, trying to get hold of her parents and her sister. And, um, yeah, shall I, I, I tell you what, I did write a little synopsis because we keep forgetting to do the plot, don't we, Naif? Right. So, shall I just read the plot synopsis quickly? Yeah, do it, mate. Give us a synopsis. After the tragic death of her family, tormented Danny tags along with her spineless boyfriend and his friends as they visit a ritualistic midsummer festival in Sweden where all is not what it seems. They were my words. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> Let's hear your thoughts then, Nate. Let's hear how you was processing this because I'd like to hear you. I know you don't like this sort of film and... well. I'd like to hear how you processed it. Yeah, I read the synopsis, yep. right? And I was just like, ah, for fuck's sake. And then uh, I looked up and seen that it was two hours and 27 minutes long, which generated another, ah, for fuck's sake. And then um, I pressed play and I started watching it. And I've got to be honest, um, this, this, the setup for why they're all going to um, Sweden, Sweden, yeah, sorry, I always get Switzerland and Sweden confused in my head. Yeah. I'm really shit at geography. And um, I think that part of the film was unnecessarily long, if I'm honest. But it sort of do does its job. It gets them over there. Um, once once they got to Sweden, I actually started enjoying the film. Yeah. 
if I'm honest, I really just the beginning of the film, the build up to them going to Sweden. I really, if I wasn't watching it for the purpose of this channel, I probably would have switched it off or changed changed the film. Really, because I like the build up because I think it's a good way of getting the characters in. I quite like the actors taking part. I mean, um, she was really good as really tormented wasn't she you know what a fucking shit shit start to the film she has yeah losing her family in like a most horrendous way and just her wailing and the way she's crying it's so painful and heartfelt yeah and then her boyfriend christian jack reiner she is just so fucking spineless he just wants it done doesn't he but he can't now he feels trapped in this relationship yeah yeah and i just love the reaction like his friends will poulter uh a british actor he plays mark in there yeah yeah especially it's so awkward between them because they're all talking about going to sweden to this festival and christian's like hasn't told his girlfriend and they're like you're going to tell her oh yeah yeah i'm going to dump her you know and then he can't dump her and then she finds out the party that they're going. It's all awkward. And he always makes it more awkward than it has to be, doesn't he? Because he can't just say, yeah. oh, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. And then he invites her and makes out he was going to invite her all along just so he doesn't look like a bastard. I mean, every argument they have, he tries to turn it around to her, doesn't he? Yeah. And you think she's feeling all this pain and he's all she's got, completely all she's got. And he keeps turning it back to her, making her feel guilty for him being a fucking spineless cunt, you know? And I just, I don't know, I love that build-up, because it really just, the character's great, word, working them out. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I get its purpose. I just, um, I don't know. I mean, it's meant to feel awkward, and it does feel awkward, and you're right, you know? And it's that, that awkwardness and this sort of, it just felt quite slow-paced and awkward. But, I mean, it, it done exactly what it's meant to do. But for me, it just... You know, it wasn't really um, holding my attention, you know. I think no. may- maybe it could have been done in a slightly different way. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being impatient. But like you say, you do get to meet the characters and they do need to set up Christian to be a cunt to make the rest of the film work. You know, that that needed to be achieved. Yeah. And it sets up the other characters as well because their friend Pele who is the one who's inviting them he's the resident of the uh the swedish community where they, he's going to take them for their 90 years festival uh then you've got josh william jackson harper uh, playing josh and he's like the the academic isn't he he's the one who really wants to go it's because of his feces that they're going there isn't it not his feces <laughs> that you dig out with a spoon <laughs> It's, it's thesis. 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 So he's, you know, he's really into this, isn't he? To go. Yeah, in. yeah. And then you've got Will Poulter, who's just like, thinks he's going to go over there and shag loads of birds. I just think his character's brilliant. Yeah. I've always thought this guy is great. I've seen him in a few things. The first film I ever saw him in was um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the Narnia film. Yeah, Eustace. And he yeah, plays yeah, yeah. the little shit weasel cousin, doesn't he? Yeah. You know? And he's a real git in that as well. I liked him in We Are The Millers. Oh, yes. I do remember. Yes, he is in that. Yeah. He is good. Such an awkward, awkward kid in that where he gets his... Uh, doesn't he get stung on the testicle or something? It's something like or that. Does he it? get swollen? <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought William Jackson Harper's character as Josh, I really liked his 
I thought he was a brilliant actor. I thought he really sort of, for me, I really enjoyed his performance in this. Yeah. Um, I think Christian uh, Jack Rayner plays a great shit. Um, yeah. You know, you really enjoyed not liking his character. Danny was, uh, or Florence Pugh. Is it Pugh? Is that how we're pronouncing that? I think that's Pugh, yeah. Or Pug. Pug. Puff. 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 Florence Puff. <laughs> Was great. I enjoyed her performance. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's. I thought everyone. I thought it was a really good performance from everyone that was in it. Really, I thought, you know, it was all convincing and sort of well done. Um, the first real shock of the film uh, really did shock me. How graphic it was! Fucking Jesus Christ! When um, they're all up on the rocks, Jesus. Yeah, when the ceremony's kicking off. Yeah. Because I'd like. I knew when it says there's something, in, I didn't even look to see what it was, what the film was classified as, whether it was a horror or adventure or whatever. Like, you know, I really didn't know what I was looking at going in. And um, I'm glad that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, it was, a, it's a lot brighter than what I really thought it was going to be. Yeah. That's what makes it so strange to watch it, isn't it? And I mean, and the, the wide open shots, you watch a horror film and you're, your characters are trapped. They're claustrophobic sceneries and shadowy settings where things could be lurking in, you know, in the shadows. And you, this is just open landscape, bright colours, vibrant, bright colours. It's almost whitewashed. That scene on the cliffs, on the rocks, is almost white, whited out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that bright. Yeah, very um, high-key sort of shot. Yeah. But it's, I love the scene where they turn up in the car, first of all, and they just sort of ditch the car and get out and they're in a, they're in a field surrounded by like young people just eating mushrooms and getting off their heads, you know? I, I yeah. love the scene where they're all sat around the tree off their heads on mushrooms. That was cool. Yeah, and Will Poulter's like uh, Mark. Yeah. He's restless and he's sort of saying, I'm going to lie down now. Everyone lie down like me. <laughs> You know, he's like really pushy and <laughs> you want everyone to flow your way and not really. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? And then she, but that was another scene where they're dishing out the mushrooms and she's like, she doesn't want to be doing mushrooms, does she? You know, no, not with her frame of mind. So she says to him, like uh, to Christian, no, I, I won't do any, you do them. And then he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do them with you later. So we come up together. You can't see that she doesn't care if she doesn't do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Will Mark's like, well, we're all going to do them together. You can't come up at different times. So then she's again cornered into having to submit again. Every time any decision that Christian should just take a stand, it just makes it more awkward for her, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's uh, when when she's off her head and sort of when she looks down, it was brilliant sort of seeing the grass coming through her hand. Yeah. Yeah, I just enjoyed that scene because I think they nailed it, like people sort of being off their heads and sort of spinning out in yeah, the field. Yeah, it felt like, really you know? good, didn't it? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and all the trees breathing and that, the the visual element of this film, especially like the scenes where they're all high on drugs because there's a, a, several scenes where they're having to drink certain potions and what have you. And uh, the camera does some amazing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some real great imagery throughout. All of the buildings in this, as well as the fact the fact that the architecture is fucking brilliant, but they managed to make all of the buildings look crooked, really sinister somehow. It's almost like 
the director said that this is like he didn't realize it at the time but when he's finished making it and they've watched it and he's like my god this is like the wizard of oz i've just made the wizard of oz (laughs) and it is almost like that because the beginning is real dark and when they go to sweden all of a sudden it's light and when they walk through that arch into the landscape the first thing you see is these crooked buildings looks like the house crooked on the on the witch doesn't it you know yeah yeah yeah. they've burst through into oz but that's what the director said you know watching it he was like yeah i didn't realize i'd made wizard of oz until i was watching it back (laughs) yeah it is a bit wizard of ozzy isn't it you know but it's just that's the thing that the it's a weird sensation when you when you're looking at it because it's got that sort of bright happy cheerful festival sort of visual is in the color palette but then like everything in it just seems so sinister just yeah the whole thing feels creepy the moment you get to sweden it just feels creepy as fuck to watch yeah and you you can't get comfortable it's not like a film that makes you feel really uncomfortable it just it's just uncomfortable enough to sort of keep you on the edge of edge of something like like waiting like you yeah. can't relax because you're afraid something's going to happen you know yeah well i mean it's it's like a cult isn't it yeah and the way they sort of surround danny uh especially like in the later scenes but even the way that pele yeah talks to her you know even before they go and i really want you there you know and he's drawn a picture of her with the headdress on and it's he comes out and he, he knows she's lonely yeah. and he can relate to that and he's all nice to her and his body language is much more open to her and comforting to her whereas Christian is always offish standoffish and always looking away and yeah, yeah. it's all false with him whereas Pele it's like a, an indoctrination into the into a cult isn't it they found the the lonely one you know that's how they get you in isn't it they they hone in on you being lonely and vulnerable yeah and then they try and make you more comfortable yes. in your surroundings yeah, yeah, yeah. and i mean it completely happens you see that happen throughout the film until at the end she is you know she's the may queen at the very end and that's the thing sort of once you get an idea for what's going on in the film roughly you know and people start to uh, characters start disappearing and not coming back the film is obviously focused around the main character, Danny, and you're constantly wondering what's going to happen to Danny, what she's going to face, you know, and you think about horror films and you think normally, you know, you get the girl that's being pursued or chased or, or whatever, or tormented. And you're expecting her to have some sort of fight or battle or or run away or chase with something. But her battle is um, psychological all the way through the film, isn't it? It's not, there's no physical chase or, or torment. Yeah, from a, a from one protagonist, so to speak, it is all uh, fighting mentally with what's going on in her world and how she makes sense of it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, she's sort of like the end. Just to have that end shot where she's surrounded in all the flowers. The film ends with her the first grin she's had on her face throughout the whole film. You know, the first smile, and you just think, yeah, yeah. "Well, is she the villain in this?" Because you're sort of made to think that Christian's the villain, and you sort of like to see him get his comeuppance yeah but even though it's completely horrendous how it comes about but you sort of feel at the end watching it, it's like is that a happy ending or is that is she found peace now or is she the villain is she 
you know, it gets you questioning everything and I go away yeah. and then you just think, is she safe still? The film ends there with her smiling, like she's accepted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know that she's safe because the only other time you see previous uh, May Queens, they're in photos. No time have they introduced her to, this was last year's May Queen, you know? So where are the May Queens gone? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you just think, is she safe at the end? I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's a tough one because um, the film leaves uh, with you with more questions than it answers. Yeah, but that's what I love about a film. I, I love it when a film has you going away, you know, and for every time I've watched it, I'm thinking different things. Usually I think, oh, is she part of that? community and then this time i'm thinking well, is she the bad guy in this then is she has she got what she wanted or and then yeah it's weird it might it's just, I, I just think about it time after time i don't know it's sort of for, for me lot of sort of her character arc so to speak was like um this the end of the film for me felt like her rebirth does that make sense yeah yeah, you know, I think that's what I got from it in in previous watches, previous views. Yeah, but so she's like completely freed from all of her shackles, and and the worst one of all was this the uncertainty that she was getting from Christian, mm. and I think in the end she sort of frees herself from it. But although he is a dick all the way through, I don't really feel that he deserved. Uh, no, he's. <laughs> the end that he got no but i don't know mate it's it's a gotta be honest and that's what is good about the film i'm sure but it's confusing all the way through isn't it it confuses how you feel about everything all the way through yeah well it's a bit of a mind fuck isn't it but i I must say i watched the um the director's cut this time yeah the previous times i've watched i've just watched the normal one and the director's cut if anything it it makes the sort of character dynamics even clearer. So you're, you really right. hate Christian. You know, there's a few more arguments between him and Danny. Yeah. And every time you're, you come away just thinking, oh, you're such a fucking bellend. And there's a few bits like where Pele as well, there's a line where they're traveling in the car and Josh has got a book and it's all, all the runes all the symbology. Yeah, and yeah. She's like, what are you reading? And he says, oh, it's a book that Pele suggested. And she says, oh, you've really brainwashed all your friends. Right. And he sort of says, oh, yeah, Josh was brainwashed before I met him. But it's sort of, it's a line that would have given too much away in the theatrical version. Do you know what I mean? If it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't need it there. There's all the bits that they've took out. I think they've made the right choices, taking them out because it just makes things a little bit too clear. And I love the thought watching them and coming away thinking, what is, you know, why is yeah, that? It's the, fuck. the scariest thing about it for me is the fact that shit like that could be real. <laughs> There's nothing in it that is so far fetched or unbelievable that you think, oh yeah, there's no way that's, you know, when, when you see something that's so far-fetched and unbelievable in a film and you're like, right, well, that's not real. There's no way. It, you're not afraid of it in real life. You know, you're only afraid of it for the time that you're watching the film. Yeah. But shit, shit like this, shit like this is probably going on somewhere in the world to a degree in some form. And that is fucking scary. Well, there's a lot of strange cultures out there, isn't there? Um, 
I mean, let's talk about some of the 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 things going on at the festival because there's stuff going on in the background. The more I've watched, the third time now watching it, and I notice things sort of preparing in the background. You see things that come in later, yeah, that you perhaps didn't take notice of, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the blindingly bits, obvious bits, is where they just notice the bear in the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they walk past the bear, and they don't really make a big thing of it, do they? Yeah. I think no, it doesn't. doesn't. I think it's the English bloke. Just yeah, he's like, isn't is nobody going to mention the bear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I remember exactly. That, yeah, yeah. Um, they're hacking apart a like a wooden horse, and then they start burying it in one scene as well. Yeah, you see him smashing this wooden horse up, and then carrying it across to a hole and burying it. And there's a lot of wailing, isn't there? And a lot of sort of yeah. a lot of exhalation ex, like exhaling breath and it's, it's very strange isn't it yeah there's a lot going on that makes you feel really uncomfortable i'm honest yeah but what makes me feel more uncomfortable is when these ceremonies are going on it's not the ceremonies themselves but it's the way that mark for instance is reacting to them all yeah yeah and he's just so and it, i just feel oh god don't make a scene just fucking try and fit in, you know? Yeah, don't provoke it. A few of them there, you know, Josh is like just really watching everything. Yeah. Danny is sort of open to trying things, isn't she? And she's trying to, she's the only one who speaks the language back to them at the beginning when they're all saying, her, they're saying hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she remembers the words, you know? Yeah. And in the ceremonies, she's picking up the drink at the right time and everyone else is sort of like, do I do this? Do I, you know? Yeah. And then that Will Poulter's like going, fucking, I'm so hungry. They just make everything disgusting. And he's constantly just criticising the whole thing, isn't he? And, yeah. And that made me feel uncomfortable watching him be so... Offensive. It's like going into someone else's house and walking dog shit around their house. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, don't do that. Take your shoes off, mate. Oh, when he, when he pisses on the ancestral tree... <laughs> and even then, like, sort of, rather than be really apologetic about it, he's just a real ignorant prick about the whole thing. And then there's the girl that he, he thinks is hot. Yeah. And he thinks she likes him. Um, I don't know if this is an extra bit, but when he's pissed on the tree, did you see her come over to him and say, she says to Pele, tell him it's okay. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing and then walks off. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, I didn't think I'd seen it before until this time. And then, uh, and then Mark says, what did she say? And he says, oh, she said, you know, you're new. You don't understand. You'll be okay. And then he's, Mark's like, what else did she say? Thinking, oh, she's bound to said that I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, forgotten about the tree. The bloke's still crying in the background. It's still a, a massive offence that he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instantly, as soon as that girl walks over, he thinks, oh, I'm on for a lay <laughs> And it's like when they come back from the, the ceremony on the rock. Yeah. And Mark didn't go, did he? No. And he sat on his phone and you can hear him watching some YouTube video and it's all about severed penises and like, <laughs> and you just think it's just, you know, what is different to us, to a, a ceremony where this is a ritual and it's a part of their life and it's been a part of their culture for years or us watching all this vile stuff on the internet. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we said in the past, like builders on the building site, some of the things people pass around, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it's horrendous, man. You know, and this Mark character 
is completely that. And his reaction when he finds out you missed it isn't like, oh my God, that's awful. You made me miss the best bits. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, How did yeah. you let me sleep through that? <laughs> Fucking horrendous. Yeah, it's... um, And that building, that communal building that they all sleep in as well. What the fuck was that all about? Yeah. That was fucking creepy. And all the murals on the wall and the runes and there's a lot of, they really fought hard about all the symbolism. But then when they come across to the story, oh, what's this? Oh, this is a a love story. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the drawings and it's a girl falls in love with a boy and then she trims her bush, (laughs) menstruates into a broth and then feeds it to the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then later on, of course, Christian, what you know, they put that the little redhead girl puts the rune under Christian's bed, yeah, and then her pie is separate to everyone else's. And then when he's eating the pie, and he finds a pube in there, and that marks like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> How'd you get pube in your fucking, you know? And uh, even if you look at all the drinks, they've all got an orange drink except for Christian's, which is slightly a darker red drink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah wrong and then like he's sort of she chose him yeah they get him off his head don't they because that's the thing like even though he's a prick when he's unfaithful to Danny you kind of feel he's been set up for this ever since he turned up this isn't necessarily his fucking choice if I went into a weird room where there's a naked chick led in the middle of it surrounded by a load of other naked women and I'm being told that I need to fuck this woman on the floor whilst everybody watches and chants and sings at me, and then some other woman's going to stare right in my eye whilst I'm doing it, telling me to finish. <laughs> and then an old lady is going to be pushing your buttocks. <laughs> yeah, pushing your buttocks to make sure you... I don't think I'm going to finish. I mean, that's not the way I saw group sex going down, if I'm honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think he deserves a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card on that one, if I'm honest, because (laughs) I don't think he was really acting under his own impulse. It makes you wonder how much of this they, you know, did they know who was... And, like, I don't know. You can look deep and you can think, did Pele know that Danny's sister was going to do that? You know, how did he... Did he pick her all along? Yeah, fuck knows. Um you don't know. But it, if you look at the opening, um, the the mural at the beginning, yeah. and in the very first shot, you've got there's three dead bodies connected to a skeleton on a pipe, along a pipe, yeah, which symbolises Danny is surrounded by her dead sister and her dead parents. Yeah. The next image is Danny crying, and, and it's all like drawn like folk drawings, old-fashioned drawings, but then you've got... The girl, who we assume is Danny, is crying. And then you've got Christian behind her, comforting her. But then up in the tree, you've got Pele drawing. And then the next scene is like the trees and Pele is like the Pied Piper blowing a pipe, leading all his friends there. It's really... And like Mark is dressed in a jester's outfit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's all spelt out. And then you just see like the ceremony and the cliff with the angels falling off the cliffs and it's there. Yeah. Everything is there in the first 30 seconds of the film. Yeah. But you don't notice it, you know, but it's amazing little sketches. It's great. But there's things all throughout the film that sort of foreshadow what is coming. When you're in uh, Christian's flat, there's 
a picture of the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz on the fridge. Yeah. And then there's like a scarecrow puppet on the side. And yeah, they all become scarecrows <laughs> later on. Don't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. In the burning. The, when Danny is mourning her sister and Christian sort of trying to comfort her, the picture behind them is a little girl kissing a bear's nose, a big giant bear. Yeah. And you know, the bear comes into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love having something you can read as you're going into it again and again. Each time you watch it, there's, there's more there to look at. I like that sort of thing. It's a, you know, well, you, you received my message, didn't you, after I watched it? The first thing I said to you went, right, well, that was a fucking weird film. <laughs> and then you put something like, which figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprise there or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it, you know, I knew when I'd never heard of it, I was just like, oh, right, yeah, I know what this is. No, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's not going to be like a normal film, you know? <laughs> when the people start disappearing and the scene where uh, Josh is trying to get pictures of the books at night and then... Yeah. Is that a character wearing Mark's face as a mask? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. And then... They've skinned Mark. Yeah. And then some fucking weird inbred fucker comes in and beats Josh over the back of the head with a hammer. It's just like, fuck. And there's no more real explanation other than that. No. Well, they, you see, like, the uh, the Oracle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, like, the deformed child doing the painting. Yeah. And then they translate whatever he's writing. And they need a deformed child in every generation. And they said, like, what, what happens when he dies? Oh, we'll, we'll make another one. You know, it's all done by inbreeding to breed this mutated child. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. It is fucked up. But, yeah, real haunting. You get more and more creeped out by the community the longer you're there. And obviously that's designed to happen. But they all seem so happy about everything and so bubbly and so welcoming. It's just, it confuses the brain. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? You, yeah. You keep struggling to believe that they could be so, so warped. Yeah. But then you're sort of, it's almost like it's trying to get your brain to give them forgiveness because it's just a commune. It's just what they believe. But then you're like, ah, oh, have they intentionally brought these people in from the outside without really caring about who they fuck they are just to sacrifice them? And what kind of fucked up commune does that? You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah. It just, your brain jumps all over the place with not knowing um, who's the bad guy, who's not, you know, whether you're empathizing with these characters or whether you're feeling anger towards them or not. It just, yeah, it's really uncomfortable from start to finish. <laughs> they say it's like nine days of festivities, but it doesn't feel like nine days. No. That's another thing that makes me think, is there more to the festival that we aren't seeing? I just don't think... Danny is going to be there next year. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I got that. No one else, no other point is there another uh, May Queen in there other than on photos. And they say they bring her in to create a new bloodline. So is it going to be like ritualistic fucking sex with her to create children? Or uh, I don't know. Dear. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. But then going back to like the friendships, Mark, uh, Christian and Josh, Josh is there. He knows what he's doing. He's sort of obsessed with this, yeah. this topic anyway. Um, 
And then Christian, oh, I don't know what I'm doing my feces on. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm going to do it on this. And then Josh is like, what the fuck are you mean? This, this is mine. This is what I'm doing, you know? And it, that's a real awkward scene yeah, as well. Yeah. And you just think, God, Christian, you're just such a fucking prick. Yeah. You know, you just want to slap him, yeah. don't you? Constantly throughout the yeah, film. You, you find it hard to believe that he's got friends in the first place, but then you can kind of understand why he'd have a friend like Mark, because Mark is a fucking dick anyway. Yeah. But the sort of Pele, you kind of understand that, like, he's not part of the group to be friends. He's just bringing people home to sacrifice. <laughs> Josh is like the, Josh and Danny are the two anomalies, aren't they? Well, they're probably just the roommates to start with, aren't they? You know, and then, yeah, you know, studying at the same place, sharing a room. That's probably how they've become friends. But yeah, I just think he, he doesn't have any direction, Christian, does he? No. And he's just, he's a fucking wet blanket. Oh, he is a wet blanket. Yeah. It's a fucking wet blanket, but he's, yeah, just a shit. Slimy little shit. There was another extra scene is where um, just after the, the the scene on the rocks with the two elders. Yeah. Which is, like, it is gross. Like, we keep not discussing it, but I mean, just to see them falling from that cliff yeah. in such a wide angle. And it just looks real, doesn't it? Yes. You know, you watch them people fall and then there's no dramatic shots there's no theatrical music it's just you feel like you've witnessed it don't you yeah and then just to see him smash on the rocks below and then the old man come down and land on his his legs he's not even dead at the bottom yeah he's just he fucked it right up didn't he yeah and then they bring out the hammer oh my god that's the worst part when they're smashing his head with a hammer fucking jesus but then like you know and even when the woman falls and she falls flat on that flat rock and just her face caves in and, yeah, you know, I'd say I don't like gore, but it's sort of done quite well. It's done, it's swift, isn't it? It's not focusing on it. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's just horrible. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not very nice. It's short enough and sharp enough to get the point across, but at the same time, it's just fucking... Haunting. I guess also, yeah, it's short enough as well, so you're not looking at the detail too much of it. It's just enough to sort of, you get the point of it and then it's gone again. But fuck me, yeah. You didn't want to see any more of that, really, if I'm honest. Well, after that, the first woman falls and then all the sound goes muffled and you can just, you're in the character's heads, aren't you? You're in Danny's head. She's just in shock what she's just seen. Yeah, yeah. And you're in shock because you've just seen it too. And then you've got the English bloke, and fucking hell, but it's all muffled. And it's like a real whiny sound, isn't it? And you're in this clouded, muffled soundscape yeah. throughout the whole scene until the next one falls. And then when he dies, then it's back to normal noise and him just going, Ugh! and everyone starts wailing yeah, and yeah, making... Yeah painful screams as well and that's the parts of this that freak me out is how they all they all mimic everything don't they like the sex scene they're all yeah. there all them naked women are there just moaning and groaning and then when danny witnesses the sex scene and then she's heartbroken because her boyfriend is having sex with another girl and then she goes off sobbing and all the girls follow her and they're all sobbing with her and they're mimicking her oh it's it's horrible and it's like I say in this film that, you know, there's no in, you don't feel claustrophobic, but you do. There is still that claustrophobia in those scenes. You can't get away from all that, yeah, yeah. that wailing and that's fucking strange. 
But yeah, I was going to say there's an additional scene after that, the scene on the rocks, where they like throw something into a lake for the gods. Right. And then they say, oh, I think we've thrown enough in for the gods. And then someone else says, no, I don't think we have. And then a little girl says, I, I volunteer. You can throw me in. And then they pick up, I think it's, I think it's a little boy, actually. I thought it was a little girl, but then they actually say it was a boy later on. But they pick up this little boy and then they put a rock on him. Yeah. And then they're like going to throw him into the water. Right. And Danny's like, no, no. And you just think, fucking hell, like you can't. And then this is all part of the ritual as well. Then someone stands up and says, no, the gods say that they, we, they've received enough spare the boy his bravery was enough or something so then they let the little boy yeah. go and you're just like oh thank fuck for that because i <laughs> but that was funnily enough that comes in before an argument that danny and christian have and those scenes were in the dark there's only scenes where you see night in the in the whole film from that point you know up until then yeah but yeah they was cut out of the uh, theatrical version and I don't think it needed them either. No. But interesting to watch them. I do love a director's cut, don't I, Nath? Oh, you're all over a director's cut, are you, Trish? <laughs> and I, boy. And I. Always been, always been one for a director's cut, you haven't you? I've always said that about you. Someone says to me, they say, can you tell anything? What do you, what do you make of Trevor? I say, I'll tell you what, that boy loves a director's cut. <laughs> That's what I say to him, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, I did notice as well, like a lot of the patterns and things. Um, Danny's bed, the bed sheets on Danny's bed is the same pattern as the carpet in the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Right. Okay. Do you remember the carpet, like the sort of mate symmetrical shapes, the symmetrical pattern? I haven't seen the whole of The Shining yet. No. No, not yet. No, it's the same shapes on her bed. I noticed that. Um, what else did I notice? Anything else? You got any trivia for us, Trev? Uh, not really, Nath. No, I didn't really look up a lot of trivia on this one. I haven't had a lot of time to. Um, I did start watching the director talking, but then he spent quite a lot of time talking about anything but the film. And they was in an interview where he couldn't give away spoilers. And I just, I didn't finish watching the interview, I'm afraid. But... No, I haven't really got any trivia this week, Nath. Oh. What's it say on IMDb? There might be some trivia on there. Should we have a look? Let's have a look and see what it says on IMDb. Most of the Swedish dialogue spoken by the Haga natives is deliberately not subtitled in order to create a sense of isolation. And it does, doesn't it? You don't know what they're saying half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain bits are, and then certain bits aren't. I thought that was quite clever. Um when the film was released in Sweden, many Swedish critics praised the film as an excellent black comedy. <laughs> uh, lost in translation, eh, bruv? Yeah. After I watched this, I thought, what else has this Ari Aster done? And I watched um, his first film, which is just as disturbing and just as sort of thought-provoking, but uses a lot more horror conventions like the dark and things cuddling around in the background and stuff but it was still one of the better horror movies i saw which was called oh why have i just forgotten what it's called <laughs> hereditary that's what it's called right um and it stars gabriel burns in it and um 
Oh, what's the woman, the mum out of Sixth Sense? Oh, fucking hell, the, is she Australian? Muriel's Wedding? Yeah, yeah, that's her, yeah. Tony Collette. Tony Collette, yes. Yeah, so Tony Collette's in it, but that's quite disturbing, and that's like, you're trying to work out what's going on in that. It's good, I really, yeah, another one I really enjoyed. Because, I mean, I've mentioned in here that the shots are great, but the soundtrack as well, the, the not soundtrack, the musical score really atmospheric isn't it really piercing and just as disturbing as the imagery you're looking at lots of sort of repetitive notes elongated repetitive notes and whining screeching strings and sort of and then the music that they play as well is on in the festival is quite yeah i love it i loved it so much going on in here nafe do you know what i mean yeah 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 it is a it's a busy film. Every shot's busy. It must have been quite challenging to direct that. Yeah, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of things in each shot, isn't there? Yeah. Because it's such wide vistas and you've got the characters in the foreground and then the, the background is living this festival. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, interesting film, mate. Yeah. N- not not entirely sure I'll be watching it again, though. No. <laughs> no. I bet i watch it again. Oh, I'm sure you'll watch it again, yeah. You know me, Trev. I'm not adverse to watching a horror when it comes up, but it's just they are really are not. I don't. I just don't like feeling that uncomfortable when I'm watching a film. No, no, that's all it is. Yeah, I like a certain amount of discomfort when I'm watching a film. I'd rather feel something watching a horror than not. Then coming out thinking, oh, that was really scary at the beginning. But didn't it just all go to shit at the end? Like every other horror film, you know? I always think horror films tend to go over the top towards the end, don't they? Yeah. Just slasher, jumpy films and that. But yeah, this was good. Um, And just how, like, at the end when she's all cloaked in all those flowers and she's walking along crying... She's like a beast, isn't she? She's like it looks like Godzilla or something. Yeah, yeah. Walking yeah. along, doesn't it? As the house is burning behind her, almost like some sort such of such fucking weird imagery. Dinosaur, almost, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, so. yeah. It was a weird outfit with all the flowers. That cloak, wasn't it? Really strange. So yeah, next week, Nafe, it's our obscure film. I do enjoy a good obscure film, Trev. I know. Not necessarily going to be a shit film next week. Just just a film that perhaps not everyone's heard of. Good. It's definitely not going to be Velocipasta 2. There isn't a second one, is there? <laughs> Tell me there's not a Velocipasta 2. I don't know. He might have made it last week. Knocked it out last week, I think. Yeah, funnily <laughs> enough, we managed to film the whole thing in an afternoon. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your 40 grand. Cool. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, yeah, in a couple of weeks' time again, it will be your choices again, won't it? It soon comes around. So yeah, if you've got any choices of films you want us to watch, then please ping them across an email to wnmovietalk at gmail.com. But in the meantime, Nafe, thanks ever so much for joining me. Trev, thank you very much for having me, mate. Thank you for your film suggestion. Another odd one as always. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Cool. And we'll see you all again next week. Thanks, everyone. Chase. Chase. Chase.